would writing this book be in a sort of inadvertently final straw where that hope needs to be severed as well that we will never repair things because we have fundamental disagreements about certain things. Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, this is recording. Um, I've just been a bit like emotion. I've just been um, a bit emotional uh, and I thought that's the time to come out and talk about the, the messy middle, right? Right? Authenticity is about sharing what's going on cl as close to the time of the impact as possible. And I, I know I like doing my audio, so I haven't even thought about my background people because <laughs> my raps are usually audio. Um, but I thought, fuck it, let me, let, me put the, let me put the video on. So lots of change has been going on, lots of up-leveling into the, the next phase, right? Which is um, needing to know more about business, needing to adapt my skills to where I want to go to the next level. And it's totally uncharted territory. And I do have amazing, like the right people are just showing up in my life, which is pretty incredible. And the relentless drive to keep pushing forward to reach potential is hard, you know, and it's relentless, you know, the clues in the, in the word, right? Um, and I think what's triggered this off, I had a bit of stress building up to uh, a talk that I had to do that was a little bit out of my comfort zone. And so I always, my adrenaline sort of um, pumps up when that sort of thing happens. Uh, I'm in a new relationship. I'm trying to figure that shit out because who knew I had trust and intimacy issues, right? So that's like this little side hustle, which is filled with goodness as well. But mostly I am writing a book. So it's the book that I've wanted to write and that people have asked me to write for a fucking long time. I'm doing more and more talks and people are saying, um, when's the book coming out? Oh, your story, you know, you should write a book. And I'm like, yes, I should. But then I get riddled with the self-doubt of like, well, you know, my life, there, there are people with worse lives. Like, who am I to write a book? And apparently everyone has that, like, especially when you write something that's sort of heartfelt in your story. Let me... we, we question it and we go, who am I to do the thing, right? And then fear and all the reasons why we shouldn't do it pop up. And the closer you get, the closer you get to the thing, it feels like the more that stuff pops up everywhere all of the time. Um, which is surprising because my, I've been, can, well, probably not because I've delayed doing this even though I've had the idea in my head for quite some time. Um, and what I've really not wanted to do, right, what I'm trying to avoid and my excuse for not writing the book for a long time is that I don't want to do one of those sensationalist, I was raising a cult kind of poor me tales where there's so much detail about the, you know, graphic, you know, 
uh, abusive nature or the sexualization or the stuff that's like, how bloody dare they uh, kind of grow you up in that environment and what was out of my control and for me. And it's really tricky because there's so much gray area. Like I see my childhood as one that was, was generally happy, but also when you're in the bubble of what's normal, you don't question it because you're a kid, right? Um, and so I'm trying to capture in this book. So let me tell you about the book. So the book is essentially a self-help book. Like I want to pass on all the learning that I have uh, generated and, and done through the hard graft of rock bottom and building my own life up. I want to generate that learning and some of those challenges, some of the questions that help me, some of the resources. I want to have that all in a book, but I want those pieces of information to just be highlighted by my story. So why do I know this to be true? Why has the, can this sort of mindset or tool help you through something? And it's very much because I experimented with these things myself in order to move me through a rock bottom point, right? So in theory, beautiful. I don't want a ghostwriter. I don't want a co-writer. I want to do this myself. And I don't even think that's an ego thing. I think I have a very particular voice and I hear it in my head and there's like a certain pace. And I feel like it will be really hard for me to instruct somebody in how to replicate that. But also, I think my pace and voice isn't for everyone, and it's quite kind of hard-hitting, and it's quite, you know, for fuck's sake, sort your shit out, and, and the despair was intense despair, and, the, and the, the ambition is intense ambition, and lots of people are somewhere in the middle of that, which but also makes me think that it could relate to lots of people. Because wherever you are in that continuum, you might want to move like two steps forward or, or one step or just get out of that rock bottom, think about what's possible. And I want to be able to offer some of my psychotherapy knowledge, some of my coaching knowledge, and, and, but again, very much applying it to why, how I learned this for myself. Um, and so sounds just like a project, right? It's just easy. So there's two problems here. <laughs> there's probably more that I may unleash, but there's two that I know for sure. One is big picture, like the lack of big picture thinking. So carving out the time to write a book, it's time intensive, it's emotionally intensive. And I've never done it before, which means I need to learn about structures and where it makes sense in my head doesn't mean it's going to make sense in the reader's head. I often skip huge chunks because they weren't dynamically memorable to me, but you kind of need them as the reader to actually make sense of where I've jumped to, right? So I need that advice and guidance. I need to deal with feedback in order to have the chunk sort of make sense to the, the reader because I just go, jumped into this low point, jumped in, you know, so there's a lot of learning there. And my brand excuse for not getting it done is reactive behavior. And I think we all do that. It's like we react to the immediacy of tasks in front of us. So one of them is lack of big picture thinking, where I go, I haven't got time for the book, but then I know, I know that if I put the book out, it will add value to the impact that I can create through credibility, through allowing people to, to truly understand my journey. And mostly, I don't give a fuck about any of that. Mostly, if the tools that I learned can help one person to kind of not have to stay in that rock bottom as long as, as long as they did or to pass on some tools to their kids about resilience or give them some peace of mind about how we can reframe the journey that we're going through. 
and look at it as one of growth and challenge and that any challenge that comes up at us is just an opportunity for developing ourselves. I'm so glad I'm doing this because I'm like coaching myself through my like meltdown, right? So one of them is prioritizing the time, understanding how long it takes to actually do this shit, right? Um, and being reactive. And I say reactive, I've worked bloody hard to build momentum when it comes to the training and development company, when it comes to coaching clients, when it comes to all the other aspects, because I have so many kind of things under the umbrella. And I thrive off of that. I, I know there's advice and guidance out there from some business coaches to like hone in on one thing. Ah, oh, my brain just doesn't work that way. I need to, I, I like working lots and, but I like variety. I love doing kind of the, the, the talking stuff. I, I actually walked down the road and was like, I pretty much make a living out of talking. How fucking cool is that? <laughs> you know, um, my, my blabbermouth voice. And it's hilarious because I didn't have a voice as a child. Um, or I, did, I felt like I didn't have a voice. I felt like I didn't know how to communicate or what to say and, and all the rest of it. And here I am making a living out of talking. But fancy that, right? So maybe for, for anyone, like, find the thing that you, you love the most, do it a shitload, uh, get really good at it, and hopefully uh, you can make a living out of it, right? I'm not sure that's, like, the soundest advice, but that's where I come from, and I feel like it rings true to me. Okay, so, so the one, one thing is the big picture thinking and prioritizing time. And the other one's just fear, I guess, is the headline. So fear of, oh, so many things, so much fear, so much fear. Um, one is the fear of delving back into think, experiences that were difficult. So wanting to draw out the learning, but as David Goggins says um, in his book, Can't Hurt Me, you, you, you never want to revisit those places once you've built yourself out of them. You just never, you, you, you look forward and you never want to go back. And the process of writing this book and being open and trying to bring out the learning for other people is that we have to like, oh, go back in. And I, I almost had these rose colored glasses on of going, well, I had a pretty good childhood and I, and I did. That is actually true. Like my parents were good people and we, we were safe and we, we traveled to different places and there was so much value that I can now see from that way of life. And if I really delve into some of the examples of some of the crazy shit that was linked to our belief system, it's crazy, right? It's like, you know, like exorcisms and public punishments and um, being, even just being raised as an end, you know, the, 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 the generation that was meant to be pure and that is meant to save the world. Like that's a lot of pressure like psychologically underneath the fact that we ate three meals a day and that we um, you know there was music and there was connection and there were lots of good things that we didn't have to worry about there was this ideology that it was spiritual warfare that we were constantly meant to be on high alert I guess um, for 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 Armageddon like I hope you guys understand what I'm talking about for like uh, immediate changes and I, and I see these triggers in in my own life now that if if there's a threat of something flipping in some way, like I just, it's almost, it, it, it translates into slightly controlling behavior as in let me manage people's happiness, the group that we're in, the 10 steps ahead and use all my energy to be there just in case, you know, and I, and I feel like it harks back to the past of like the threat of Armageddon, the threat of the world ending, the threat of all of these things houses being raided, like police coming, like all this stuff. The threat of that is still 
sometimes somewhere deep in my, my psyche and my physical trauma reactions to, to life now. But I'm sidestepping into the present, right? And, and the challenge of the fear of going back is, first of all, if I'm going to get this right and put this down in paper in a way that I'm, I'm proud of and that is useful, um, it, it's emotional and it might hurt. And there were, there were some situations that it's really hard to, to revisit, such as a rape incident that, that, was, that I experienced, such as being suicidal, such as being an alcoholic parent, uh, such as being a really shitty girlfriend, uh, and, and such as being really cruel to a lot of people. And there's, there's things that I need to face up to in order to write this book in a fair way. Because it isn't just my rant at the world. It's trying to be balanced and fair. But, and then I also have to think about the impact of including anybody in my peripheral life, right? So my siblings are a strong part of my story, and, but, it's, but I'm also aware that it's my perspective, it's my version of the story that I'm telling, and I don't, it's not fair to implicate them in my version of the story. And so, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll change names and a few things, but also I can only tell my story as it's affected me. And this is what I'm, I'm being careful of. The other thing is, I talked to sort of an ex-member of the cult a little while ago who has a book out, who has written a, sort of a positive book, but also, you know, a deeply personal account of her experience. And she said to me, she was like, my family's disowned me, like people don't talk to me. They think I've sensationalized it. They th all the things I'm afraid of, right? Um, I, I am now cut off. Like people don't agree with my version of events and therefore I, it's like black or white. You're on this, you're either for us or against us. You're either loyal or you're out and you're against us. And you're one of those detractors and these horrible people that we heard, read so much about who were, you know, pawns of Satan trying to create, um, you know, dissension and all the rest of it in, in communities and in families. Um, and we've lost a lot. We've lost a lot already. Right? I feel a lot of loss, a lot of grief, a lot of goodbyes. And I have to battle with the idea of me writing a book being the last, that's me cutting something, the last sort of choice to be on the other side of the fence and to lose out on more people. And, and, I can't lose my siblings. We've been through too much together, you know. I can't, and I'm estranged from my stepfather, who I consider my father, and I will always hold the hope that we will um, rebuild things. And would writing this book be in a, sort of inadvertently the final straw where that hope needs to be severed as well, that we will never repair things because we have fundamental disagreements about certain things. Am I willing to pay that price? Am I willing to pay the price of impacting more people, I believe, with the lessons that I've gained? Because that's the premise of the book. The premise is the lessons, but I can't just do the lessons without giving some context. And so I'm in this like bizarre 
choice situation of going, what do I include? What do I not include? What's valuable to the story? Um, I, you know, I obviously, part of my story was witnessed by my ex-husband when I was in the depths of despair. And is that my story to tell? It's an internal journey. Is it my story to tell? My, even my kids were implicated in the early stages of my behavior and what I was recovering from. Is that fair? Is it fair? But equally, I know, and my whole life has changed because of the idea that when we live in shame and we hide, I've hidden so much of my life. So much of my life has been a double life. One where I've been good and perfect on this side. And one where I escaped and hated myself on this side. And the whole, the, the way that I've improved my mental health, and I think it applies to a lot of us, is taking that double life of the front-facing perfection and the hidden shame, self-harm, addiction, um, self-hatred, self-loathing, uh, overeating, uh, pain, trauma, like that side. And I've had to learn to align them in some version of truth. Not some version of truth. That was a, that's, that, that's not right. In my whole authentic self, so that who I am on stage is the same person I am with my friends. Who I am in the workplace is the same person I am with my children. And what I mean is the authentic energy from which I come from, the intention with which I set to be present, to have integrity, to be honest, to the best of my ability to be a good person, to think about others, and equally to have boundaries and look after myself, to be direct, but communicate with kindness, like all of these things. For, for me to set some conscious uh, behavior, conscious thinking behind that whole person, and no longer have this hidden version of myself that is so dark and so horrific that I must work as hard as I can to keep the perfection side alive so that you never question that anything else is going on. And of course, what led to my rock bottom is that the cracks were beginning to show and there was like leakage between both of these. I couldn't sustain the perfection side anymore. I could only, uh, oh God, it, was, it was like, you know, like a, a dam, what's the Dutch thing? The dam and the finger in the dam or the, the, the ship with a leaking something. I couldn't, I didn't have enough hands to, to like stop the leaks, right? There were too many leaks. Um, I'm kind of doing this because I feel like I'm processing my intention and what I want to do and almost having some public accountability of, of what actually is important. And I think this is what, what's important. When it's hard, that's usually the direction we need to go in. I really genuinely feel that. I feel like this is hard because it's important. I feel like it's really hard and really emotional because it has the potential to be emotive to the listener, to the reader, to the person who's like still in that like secret shame hole and doesn't quite know how to move themselves out of it. And if there's anything as far as my purpose and what I'm doing, I want to support people and be the catalyst for change, right? I want to support people in knowing, having a bit of a shakeup and going, there is another way. Sitting in your victim mentality is only ever going to keep you there. 
right? If you keep doing what you've always done, you're just going to get the result you always got, right? So we got to switch up how we approach life, the habits that we have, things that we do, and that change in our, our sort of neural pathology and uh, creating new habits and pathways is, is hard. And, and that's fine, like um, embrace the pain in a way. Um, sometimes it's really lonely, though. Sometimes it's really lonely to have this feeling of purpose and of ambition so entrenched in every core and fiber of your being that not everyone gets it, you know? Some advice has been, just be careful, watch out. Wait till you have time to write the book. Are you sure it's the right thing? Maybe you should have a ghostwriter. Maybe you should do this. And then, of course, there's the like, let's actually focus on those early years of sensationalist bullshit. I think that's what the reader is going to be interested in. And I'm just like, fuck off. No, I know what I want to create. I do. Like, it's really hard because I'm not an expert. I haven't written a book before. That isn't um, my, my skill set. But communication is. Communication is, I believe. I know I'm all convoluted today, but I feel like communication is my skill set that has developed over time through speaking, through training, uh, through therapy, having it and giving it, and, and through coaching, also having it and giving it. Um, and I want to communicate. I want to communicate what I've learned to the listener. I want to communicate to the person who emails me and messages me on LinkedIn and on Instagram DMs and goes, I'm in this situation, like the stories I hear, right? Like even much worse than mine. We're very different. Like everyone's perspective is different of domestic violence, of childhood abuse, of addiction that led to much worse places than me with, you know, shooting up and, and being street homeless. And it's just like people are trusting me with their stories. And, and of course, on the podcast, people are trusting me with their stories and they're trusting you with their story. And I want to be able to communicate the things that have worked for me to get me to a point that I'm at, that, that I'm at with, which is um, feeling privileged to work for myself, feeling so privileged to be able to have a voice. I mean, like you guys don't know how, I mean, those of you who haven't had a voice at some point in your life will understand the immense gravity of simply having a voice. You will understand. And I want to communicate what worked for me. Not so much because my framework is exactly right or you should replicate it exactly the way I did, but simply to provoke thinking and to provoke the mindset to experiment with all of the things that are out there that can shift the trajectory of your life. If you stay in a fixed mindset and you stay stuck in, as in this is the way it, it always is because it always was, you were more likely to stay there, right? And I remember only going to the friends and the people where I could reinforce that my belief system was right. And we do it all the time and Facebook algorithms now help us do that, right? Let's just reinforce our belief system. And the way I would tell my story, the way I would communicate then is like, fuck, this is hard. This is hard. This was my past. That made it hard. And if you listen to my story and the way I told it with like tears in my eyes, right? You'd be like, fuck, that's hard. That is hard, right? Um, and I'd be like, yeah, they think it's hard, so therefore it is hard, and let's just repeat that little game, right? 
um, we got to talk to different people. We got to hear different things, but mostly we have to put different things into action. Um, and I've gone, in, I've gone into rant zone, right? And really, I was literally having a meltdown before doing this going, can I write a book? But it's too hard. What do I include? What do I omit? What do I, what do I really want to say? And who really wants to listen? I had all that shit going on in my head. And now I pump myself up. I pump myself up. Pump myself up because I'm like, fuck it. You only live once, right? You literally only live once. And who cares, right? And I believe there are ways for me to communicate to the people that are important to me and be careful and mindful to not tell their story because it's not my story to tell. But I think there's enough drama. There's enough drama in my story that is about me and is, is my story to tell that will allow me or act as that catalyst to allow me to, to talk to you about the, the tools that I've utilized to get me through that point and that I continue to utilize. And I don't think people get this enough, that just because you've come through a rock bottom point and you've learned some tools to get there, sustainability and maintenance are keys to allowing us to keep our resilience pumped up so that when life throws some more curveballs at us, which it will, which it will, right? Um, we're ready for them. And also that we almost relish it. So I'm like, oh my God, I have this privilege of um, telling my story. And I've got this privilege of running my own business. And it might, might not always be this way. It might not. I might get a job one day, I might, stuff might happen. I don't fucking know. And that's fine too. I don't need to know it all and I don't need to control it all. Ooh, I just heard myself say that, right? <laughs> um, and writing a book and putting it out there, especially when some of it is deeply, deeply, deeply personal, is hard. It's going to be hard. Just because it's like raw and it's revisiting and everyone's got a fucking opinion. Everyone's got an opinion on what your story should be or how you should phrase it or what you should cover. And I'm trying to really practice in a, a growth open mindset around feedback so that I really listen if it's about the structure and it's about um, how other people can fully understand what it is I'm trying to say. I am not always right, but I do have my own experience and I do want to hold on to the type of book that I want to write. It's quite important to me to hold on to the type of book that I want to write. And that is one which gives people tools. And it's more of a self-help book than a, an autobiography. Because why? The, my story doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Everyone has a story. But that's the message that I want to get across is that everyone has a story. So translate what I'm trying to teach and offer into your own story and I think we'll have some some challenges in there for people who really want to want to dig deep uh, and and work their way through it so guys what fear are you facing at the moment what fear is showing up in your life that's fucking with your head and making you go ooh? because you might have really logical reasons why you shouldn't do it I feel like mine are pretty logical you know been through a lot don't want to tell other people's story I really don't want to be a sensationalist cult kid and so like, yeah, this is what I should be doing. Maybe I should safely write some books about HR policies and about mental health at work, which is a good primary part of my business.
maybe that's what I should do. And I should come across as academic and knowledgeable and instruct them on a perfect framework for how to focus on mental health at work. And that's the, the, the part of me that is still the, remembers myself as the uneducated kid, really wants to be that person. Because I want to be like, ooh, I've got a book out that's going to help you at work and whatever. Um, but my heart, my heart, people, my intuition is saying that's not the first book. There may be some information out there. Cool. Who cares? Um, there's plenty of books out there. But my story is one that only I can tell. And my learning is one that only I can tell. And it's your job to translate that into your own world. And I have to take that risk. What risk do you need to take, people? What risk? I'm so glad I only barely cried. Because uh, I was a shit show a minute ago. Um, appreciate you listening. Feel the fear and do it anyway, as they say. Uh, but also get some support in place. But the right support, because I'm actually choosing to turn the volume down on support when it comes to the book for now. Because I need to um, listen to my own voice first. And so there's, there's something useful in knowing how to weave in and weave out of getting support in the in the shape of advice because sometimes advice just drowns out the voice inside your own heart so be careful about that and if you have a reflection practice whether that's walking meditation whatever it might be uh, hone that practice hone the journaling whatever it might be to trust your own voice before fully trusting other people's and once you got that foundation, like I know what the foundation and the energy of the book that I want to write, and I want to get my voice down on paper in different ways. Once that's strong, I will then open it up to uh, feedback from experts around structure and, um, you know, all things professional is professional around book writing. Uh, but listen to your own voice. What's your own voice telling you today that you might be ignoring? Hey, thanks for joining me on this random rant to do with dealing with fear and uh, facing up to the thing that is challenging you. Wish me luck, people. Hope you get the book when it's out. Wish me luck. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through PetraBelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.